All right, well, let's get right into the Word tonight. What we're going to do is turn to Acts chapter 3, and we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. Don't you love the Holy Ghost? He is so wonderful. And Jesus sent him to us. And I believe it was a great gift that he gave us uh, the Holy Spirit to do many things in our lives. And we're going to talk about some of those things tonight. And then what we're going to do is we're going to take time at the end of this uh, teaching to uh, uh, just invite him into our lives and to refill us and to just to bless us in his presence. Then we're going to turn the uh, live stream off and we're going to take some time here to minister to the Lord. And we'd like for you uh, in your own place to minister to the Lord as well. All right. So Acts chapter three, look at verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. And we see here very clearly that refreshing comes with the presence of the Lord. Anytime God is present, there is going to be a refreshing. Uh, I love the, uh, the scripture in Isaiah that says they, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There's a renewal and a refreshing that comes when we wait upon the Lord. That doesn't mean just sit down and do nothing. Waiting means just like a server would be in a restaurant that would be serving you, would be watching you and and wanting to know anything that you needed. A servant of the Lord is going to be like that with God. Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you have anything for me to minister to someone or to call somebody and pray for them or to love somebody today, maybe give them a smile. You don't see that much much anymore either. And so uh, just serving the Lord and loving him and ministering to him can bring such a strength to us. It renews our strength. Um, the Bible says we can run then and not even be weary, that we can walk and not faint. So uh, there's times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. And I know that we've all had this experience these times, maybe in your own prayer time, your own devotion time, but then times where we all come together in the presence of the Lord and take time just to minister to him. And it just seems like those times are so precious. It almost is uh, like what some have described as a cloud Sometimes we'll come in the room and just such peace and calmness. And then I think it lowers people's blood pressure. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think it calms not only our minds and our hearts, but I believe that it calms our bodies down when we get into the presence of the Lord. And we need that. Amen. With such a chaotic world and, you know, it always has been in some ways, but now I think we're hearing more about it because we have 24-hour news all the time, that reporting all the time on things that are uh, going on. And usually it's not good news. Usually it's uh, bad news. So then, you know, we're inundated with that. And it's just so nice to have a place of refreshing that we can go to. And his name is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So look at Acts chapter 2. And we'll see here uh, what happened on the day of Pentecost. I just love the Holy Ghost. I love the uh, 
the evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost, which is speaking in other tongues. And so Acts 2 is one of my favorite scripture. We just got back from Brazil and we were there three weeks ministering in many, many churches. And uh, Pastor David gave me the uh, assignment to pray with people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so I, I love that part. It was just right down my alley, as they say. And so uh, it was just so neat to see people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So many, many, many were filled. And some of them, we were taking testimonies, actually, of physical miracles, which we heard a lot of testimonies that people were uh, healed instantly in the services. But then there was a couple of people, when they testified, they said they testified about speaking in tongues. And so it was really neat to hear that, too. Um, let's read Acts 2.1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I was filled with the Holy Ghost when I was 17. A friend of mine that's still a friend of mine prayed with me to be filled, and I didn't really even know the Scripture. We didn't really know too many Scriptures. <laughs> she had gotten filled with the Holy Ghost, and uh, just very suddenly she got saved, and then the lady evangelist prayed with her, and she got filled with the Holy Ghost. And then she, uh, Julie is her name, she prayed, for me to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I began to speak with other tongues. And I'm telling you, at 17 years old, I thought this was the coolest thing that ever, that ever happened to anybody. And I couldn't wait. It was summertime. I couldn't wait to get back to high school to tell everybody in my high school about speaking in tongues. Well, some of them weren't so excited. <laughs> I don't know. I thought they'd all be thrilled with this supernatural power of God. So one of two, one or two of them were, <laughs> and the rest, uh, maybe they've taken a turn now and been filled with the Holy Ghost. But it was interesting the response because I just thought everybody would, would want this. You know, why, why wouldn't you want the power of God and this supernatural prayer language? So anyway, and if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, I highly encourage you to ask God to fill you, and that's all you have to do. It's so simple. You just ask the Lord to fill you. And when you ask, the Bible says you have because you ask. Amen. Yes. You ask and you shall receive. Amen. So just asking, he fills you. And then because you're filled, then you have the ability to speak with other tongues. And you can just start speaking. And I've heard people say, well, you know, I think I'm doing this. Well, of course you are. <laughs> Who else would there be that you're, you know, of course you're doing it. Of course you're speaking. But the Spirit of God is, are, is giving you the words to say. Amen. So you just be bold and speak those words out. And then he'll give you more and more. And it's a glorious experience. It's for every Christian. Yeah. Don't let people talk you out of it and say it's not for you. Because it's for every Christian. It's for Catholics. It's for Baptists. It's for Methodists. It's for Lutherans. My grandmother was Episcopalian and she got filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. There's this for young people, old people. It's just a gift from God and we ought to all receive it.
So here it says, the Spirit of God came and sat upon them. And I've been in services, maybe you have too, where you just feel like the Holy Ghost is there sitting on you. Just the most wonderful thing, <laughs> just to have that presence of God upon you. And here he came upon them. And I love that part of the Holy Spirit as well, that you can sense his very being in your presence. Amen. And then we see where uh, because of their glorious infilling that they were accused of being drunk. So we have to assume that there was some joy here going on. You know, when people have too much to drink, many times they get loud and they get happy. Not, not always, but sometimes you see that happening. And so I think that they were so refreshed by the presence of God that the manifestation of that was a lot of joy. And uh, the men in Judea and Jerusalem said, these people are drunk. And it's just really early in the morning <laughs> to be this drunk. <laughs> and Peter got up and said, these aren't drunk, as you suppose, but they've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And verse 17 says, and it shall come to pass. And of course, we know that this was spoken years and years and years before by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. On my servants and my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So prophecy is mentioned quite a few times here, and both sons and daughters, which means men and women, both genders are used to speak prophetically. And I believe that when people prophesy, the Bible says that they are used to edify, to exhort, and to comfort. And it is for the church. And that just proves that women can speak in church. Amen. Um, so this, these uh, prophecies uh, can come forth. Uh, I believe they can be for the public use and even for personal use too. Many times when I uh, pray in the spirit, they'll come English words. And I don't know, maybe they're, uh, it's a form of tongues and interpretation, but then maybe it's just prophecy that comes forth too. And prophecy is simply inspired utterance, inspired by the Spirit of God. And sometimes you'll hear things that you're saying that you didn't even know, that you had no knowledge of with your head, but it came right out of your heart. And it's just interesting how God knows everything and we know very little, but we can find out when we pray the mind of Christ, the mind of God. And it helps us to pray. Amen. Um, I remember praying one morning early, and this was years ago, and the Spirit of God said uh, to me, and it came out of my mouth, this young lady in your church is having uh, uh, problems with uh, lesbianism, being a lesbian. Now, this, this gal was in high school, and in, it disturbed me because her parents weren't Christians, and... I thought, you know, I don't know the, you know, the influences in her life. I, you know, I just didn't know any of that, but I felt for this girl. And it was almost like you need to help her. You need to talk to her. And so, you know, have to be pretty bold <laughs> to say something like that to somebody. But I knew it was the spirit of God. It came right out of my heart. 
I had never thought anything like that about her. But I sat her down and said, you know, has this been a problem? And she said, well, I'm on the tennis team and my coach is a lesbian and there are several girls and, you know, that there's been some trying to be some influence there on my life. And I said, well, I had, you know, I had that in prayer and I just want you to know that the Spirit of God wants to bless you and help you and strengthen you. And, you know, you don't have to succumb to influences just because these are people in your life, et cetera, you know, that kind of thing. Well, praise God, you know, she didn't succumb to that. And she's today happily married and having a wonderful life. Amen. And um, I just thank God for his telling us what, you know, what we need to know and what we need to do to help others. And it was a great help for her in her life at that point in time. Praise God. But I would never have known that if I hadn't been praying in the Holy Ghost and praying for the people in the church. Amen? Hallelujah. So he knows more than we do, and we have to remember that and surrender ourselves to him in prayer and uh, fellowship with him. And uh, we're going to do that in just a little bit here. Now, look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And the Bible says in verse 11 that uh, if, Christ, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So the spirit of God is so powerful. Of course, we see where he raised Jesus from the dead. And it says this same spirit, praise God, that dwells in us will quicken or make alive our mortal bodies. So this spirit of God, hallelujah, I just love him, that he will make alive anything in our physical body that's experiencing death. And disease, really, sickness is a part of death. It's just death trying to work in you. And this right here tells us that we can have life ministering to our physical body, ministering to our organs, our tissues, our cells, our bones, and the Spirit of God's in us. It's wonderful to lay hands on people. I think that's great. It's wonderful to, to pray mass prayers where people are healed and, and miracles done. But you can do this kind of meditation at home when you're by yourself knowing the Spirit of God's in you and it's driving out sickness and disease. He's driving out anything that's trying to weaken your body and, um, and ministering strength to any of your you know, systems, your nervous system, your blood system. We have all these systems. Just see God right in the middle of your systems. Amen. <laughs> and uh, I believe that the life of God really can be released inside of you just by knowing what the scripture says here. He restore life to our bodies. We had uh, Mark and Janet Brzee come to our church years ago, and, and they uh, were scheduled for a three-night meeting. Well, the meeting got to going, and after three nights, we felt like we should go another week. And after another week, we felt like we should go another week. And it just started growing and growing and growing, and the power of God was so strong and so 
uh, just people being saved, filled with the Holy Ghost and healed and restored and things being done and people from the community that didn't normally come to our church were, were coming. Things were happening. And we were meeting every night. And I heard testimony after testimony of people saying, you know, I've been to work every day. I have joy. I'm not tired. My kids have been to school. They're not tired. We're, and, you know, week after week, you think this is wearing me out. But it didn't. It didn't wear people out. And I believe that that was just a, a, a characteristic of this scripture saying that he will quicken. He quick, he makes alive our mortal bodies. And when we stay in his presence like that, we are renewed. It's just such a supernatural uh, thing that God does for us. Amen. Now look at verse 16 here in Romans 8, verse 16. It says, um, the spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The spirit of God keeps reminding us, you're a child of God. When, when things are going wrong or, you know, people are being mean or whatever, you know, is going wrong in your family or in your business or it can be anything that uh, is trying to offset you from peace and tranquility in your life. This scripture right here is so good that the spirit will remind you he bears witness that you are a child of God. You are a child of God. And when we meditate on that, that is really powerful, isn't it? Because just think about if you were uh, the child of the president of the United States, you're going to be treated in a certain manner. Uh, you're going to have security around you. You know, I heard the other day where President Biden's granddaughter had some security officers with her in Georgetown, and they had to, you know, run off somebody who was trying to carjack one of the government cars. Um, so, you know, she, because of her position, she has a security protection. Amen. And because of our position in Christ Jesus, we have divine protection. We have it available to us every day. We have divine wisdom and knowledge available to us every day when we don't know what to do or what to say in a situation. We can ask God. We can simply ask God and he can reveal it to us. And we know exactly what to do. And we know exactly what to say or maybe what not to say. Um, divine favor is available to us where we're just selected out of a crowd for whatever reason and given special privilege because we are a child of God, uh, sons and daughters of the most high God. So the spirit of God reminds us of this and look at verse 17. If you be children then heirs. Oh, well, Scarlett, I don't have a rich aunt that's going to leave me an inheritance and I don't have great-grandparents that left anything for me. But you have a, an, an inheritance from God. Yeah. And He owns it all. So that's a pretty big inheritance. Yeah. You are heirs. You're children, then heirs. Look at verse 17. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. I mean, you just can't get any higher than that. Praise the Lord. So the Spirit of God Himself testifies of this to our spirit. 
He reminds us of these things. That's why it's so important to be in his presence, to have fellowship with him so that we're reminded of who we are. Amen. John 14, 16, and then we're going to turn off the uh, live stream and we're going to let you pray where you are and we're going to take some time here, just a couple of minutes to minister to the Lord. But I want to read you this to leave you with this. John 14, 16. It says, Jesus said this, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. You know, Jesus was a comforter. And he said, I'm going to leave you another comforter that you may abide, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth. If you want to know the truth in a situation, ask the spirit of God to show you the truth. And he will. The Amplified here says, I I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. And the definitions he gives here are marvelous. Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, that he may remain with you forever. Now that's some powerful truths there of who you have with you all the time. You know, people die, they can leave you. I remember when my father, he was such a comforter to our family. He was really all these things. He was such a strength to our family, such a help. He was an advocate for us all the time. He was definitely a standby. You know, he was a natural man, but he was a very powerful person and just a strength to all of us. And he was killed by a drunk driver on the way home from church one night. Um, And so it was just... Such a shock to all of us. And um, I was going to have his granddaughter in just a couple of months. And so I was pregnant with uh, Virginia Lee, my daughter, my oldest daughter. And it was very, very difficult at that time because of the death um, of my father. He had gotten me an antique bassinet that he repainted and fixed for Virginia Lee and brought it home that day, but he never did get to give it to me because mother did, of course, but he didn't because he died that night. So, you know, it was just very uh, heartache for all of us, very hard. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night that night and I sat up and I was, of course, crying and just couldn't believe this has happened. Have you ever been in a situation where you just could not believe it? You just, there was just no way you could take it in and, and believe it. And I remember the Holy Ghost, thank God for the Holy Spirit. He said to me, I am your comforter. I am your comforter. And and then, you know, he bore witness with me then, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And so as I began to pray in the Holy Spirit, my body calmed down. I believe the baby calmed down. I believe, you know, my my uh, head and my emotions and everything, the peace of God sat upon me. And I'll never forget that night because I believe that's the night that I found out through experience that the Holy Spirit's a comforter. And, um, you know, it's just like pulling a big, wonderful quilt over you (laughs) when it's really cold. How wonderful that feeling is. And that's the way the Holy Spirit was to me that evening. So know that he is your comforter. Know that he's your counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. And he will remain with you forever. He won't, he doesn't die and leave you. Amen. He's with you forever.